everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Millennials Anonymous Podcast. Yes, it is your girl, Lise Winnie, and I am a fucking millennial. So we gotta get everything moving, rolling, rocking right along. But before I can do that, we have so many things to talk about. One, I was supposed to do this last week, okay? I was supposed to do this last week. I did put it in the comments. I did put it in the description, okay? So I didn't completely Uh forget. But we, Millennials, Anonymous, Podcast, Maps, we got selected. Yes, you probably like, what, girl? Yes, we got selected for the top 20 millennial podcast for Feed Spot. So give a big round of applause. Get the uh, glitter, whatever you need. Make sure you get that. We actually made their list. So thank you so much for including us on the list, Feed Spot. We appreciate all that you do if you're like, hey, I don't know what that is. So basically, they're condensify your life. I don't know if that's a real word. I made it up. It sounds like a show. If you take it, that's fine. You can just, you can pay me in nickels. I, I, I'll take it. But make sure you go. They can condense all of the blogs you like to listen to, the web pages or websites, not web pages, websites, podcasts. It makes it easy to get to all of those things that you love. So make sure you check them out at www.feedspot.com. Thank you, Feedspot, for including us. We much appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we got a guest. We have a guest today. Yes, yes, the one and only Mr. Matthew Knowles, or Dr. Knowles, depending on what setting he's in, or Beyonce and Solange's dad. You know, however you know him as, but he dropped so many gems. He's been in the music game, the entertainment game for over 25 years. We talked about that. We also talked about just business in general. He's been in the business game for even longer than that. So we talked about business success. We talked about his books. We talked about racism in and out of the music and entertainment industry. And we talked about voting. So make sure you stay tuned for that because you're gonna love it. We talked about a lot. Even Destiny's Child came up into the mix. So make sure you stay tuned. And I also want to make sure, like, if you are listening to this, you won't notice anything different. You won't. You just won't. But if you're like, hey, Lise, I follow you on social media. Wait a minute. I'm seeing you. I see you. You do see me. Yes. Yes. You're seeing me. Yes. I listen to advice that is given to me. We did the video thing. It was a lot, you know, because you got to get your hair done. You can't just come on here looking like whatever. Well, you can, and I probably will, but that's okay. But today is a special day, all right? So we're doing, this is the first time we're doing this in many moons, okay? So I was like, let me get, at least brush my hair. I'm gonna at least brush my hair today. It's COVID, you know, COVID time. I've gained a ton of weight, at least 50 pounds, I I believe, at least 50. I think everybody is the COVID 50, okay? But you're gonna see me. I'm going to try to give you these videos as consistently as I can. We appreciate you listening to us and we appreciate people wanting to see who the hell is talking. So now you're seeing who the hell is talking. But we got to get into top 10 trending topics. You know how I do each and every week. We got to get into these top 10 trending topics. But before I also have to do this, Miss Ashley, the cannabis nurse, was supposed to be here. But because of me, she is not. So, I want everybody to take out your phones, all right? If you don't know who Ashley the Cannabis Nurse is, listen, she's not just using the name, she's actually a registered nurse. She went to school, Mm -hmm. she graduated, 
and she's actually a registered nurse. She's trying to change the stigmas around cannabis. She's teaching nurses how to better treat patients who are on cannabis. And she's breaking down a lot of those stereotypes, which will eventually spill over into policy. So it's helping more and more and more people of color every single day. So make sure you go to her website, www.CannabisNursingSolution.com. And I've said a lot of websites today. You would think I was being sponsored today, but I am not. Okay. I, none of, not, I am not. I'm just being very, I'm just, I'm just plugging, plug and play. Okay. Plug and play. So let's get into these top 10 trending topics. Turn that shit up. Turn that shit up. Let's get into these top 10 trending topics of the week. So Michael Bloomberg is back at it again. He spent $400 million running his own campaign. And he said, no, 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 I'm not done. I will not be outdone. I will spend more money, more money, more money, more money, more money, because he dropped another $100 million to go in Florida to help get Joe Biden elected. So you know what? I, I, we just got to Let's just address the elephant or the former elephant in the room. Uh, so basically, you know things is rough for Republicans when you have a Republican turned independent, returned Democrat coming to elect another Democrat who he's actually probably an independent. I don't really know. But when you're as wealthy as he is, I guess you can do what the hell you want. I, I don't know. And speaking of 2020 election, Kanye West is still rolling along. The little engine that could is still chugging along. Chugga, 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 chugga. But he has hit a few snags. So he actually was kicked off the ballots in Wisconsin after a judge said no 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 he narrowly missed the deadline and the judge was like uh -uh, uh -uh. so Kanye West will not be on the ballot in Wisconsin this is not unusual for him because he actually got kicked off the ballot in Illinois because he had illegal signatures getting trying to get him to petition to be on the ballot but at this point I, listen Listen, I, I don't know how much money, and he spent six million of his own dollars. I don't know how much money you guys want to just give. But if you really don't want the money, and you really, really don't, if you're listening, give it to me. Okay, whatever you, if you don't want it, you can give it to me. I Listen, listen, Kanye, I will take it. I appreciate it. Because at this point, you're like on one and a half ballots and maybe the end credits of keeping up with the Kardashians. Okay, which is fine. It's fine. But we can't win, you know, so it's no point of putting millions and millions of dollars in this race when you can't win. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And speaking of keeping up with the Kardashians, they are actually ending keeping up with the Kardashians. It's finito after this season. They said after 2,959,000 ,009 shows and seasons that they will no longer be continuing. They are calling it a quits. But wait for all those that shed a tear. Wait, there's more. In five years, I can guarantee Mominger Chris will have Kardashians 2.0 or Kardashian Jr. or maybe Kardashian Kids. I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure it's coming. So don't, don't fret. Don't be sad. Or maybe we'll get 
several spinoffs, you know. Maybe we'll have Kim and Kanye. And we'll have Chloe and Tristan. Or maybe we'll have Courtney being unproblematic by herself. It's all of those things that probably will come up. And Louis Vuitton said, you know what? I want to get into this face mask game. And that they did. Louis Vuitton is launching or they released a $1,000 plastic face shield. Now, listen. This face shield, I'm sure it's amazing for everybody who paid for it. But I'm going to drop some knowledge on you. I'm going to drop some, some knowledge. Little knowledge. Okay, not a lot of knowledge, but a little. There's this place that you can go called the hair store or the beauty supply whatever works best for you in your community for my white listeners that is where black women and men go to buy beauty products for their hair you can get beauty products depending on the store you can get a t-shirt you can get flip-flops you can get necklaces and sunglasses they all come in the same place just just know it and they sell these face masks five bucks i'm telling you i'm five bucks you can put a l and a v on it you can write it on it with a sharpie you will never know the difference i'm just saying i'm just saying thank me later and roger stone is back at it again he actually told donald trump to declare martial law if he in fact loses the election in 2020 now if you're not scared okay if you're not scared yet let me let me let me explain why you might want to get a little scared okay basically what he's saying is there is no other outcome that donald j trump will accept besides winning that's not good i don't know what we're gonna do bill maher's been saying this for a while people have ignored it but hopefully we'll have some some somebody the constables will come during if there's a change in election we need a peaceful transition i don't know what we're gonna do and the wildlife and wildfires in california are still raging we have fires in california and oregon so far they're saying that there have been 19 deaths total so my heart goes out to any family that has been impacted by this i've heard some really horrific harrowing stories of people finding loved ones and loved ones actually just perishing in these fires so my heart goes out to anyone who has been impacted by these fires which seem to be a trend in california over the last couple of years and they're actually saying that one of these fires i don't know how true this is allegedly could have been started by a gender reveal gone wrong now listen okay wait 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 come here come here come here come here millennials come here come 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 all right so we started this shit okay so i need us collectively okay to get together and end it Okay, because one of the things that I'm not going to do is come to your gender reveal and then turn around a couple months later and come back to your goddamn baby shower. No, you need to make a decision because I'm not going to come to both. Okay, I, I got stuff to do, COVID and all. I got stuff to do. I'm not doing that. Okay, even without COVID, I'm not doing that. So let's 
make a decision of when to end it because it's done. We don't need to celebrate that. That's something that's given. It's a given. You you you're not gonna have a puppy. You know what I mean? You're not gonna have a puppy. So let's just let's just let that go. Okay. We're gonna move forward and we're not gonna do that anymore because we're causing fires, burning down houses, and it's just not what we're doing. And Miss Naomi Osaka wins her second straight U.S. Open title. And she came in full garb. She came with her hair wrap and her, her whole Kunte cloth outfit on. Get it, girl. And she has been using her platform to create awareness for social justice since she got to the U.S. Open. She has been very, very unapologetically black. So shout out to her. And Dr. Fauci is scaring us all with him saying that basically life won't get back together until around 2021. So yes, all my parents, yes, uh, we can all just sigh together as our children probably will be home for yet another year. Um, And there was a survey that was done that parents that we have a newfound respect for teachers. Now, I don't know who these parents are that didn't realize the teacher's job was harder than a motherfucker. Like, I don't know who these people are parents have to know that you don't like your kid most days okay you know like there's a couple great moments but most days it's like yeah you rolled on my carpet again you know it's those types of things but you gotta know that their job was hard don't know how you didn't know i teachers are my favorite people because i could never do it i could never ever never ever never be able to teach a class full of third graders like this is something i couldn't do you know what i mean that's just not how i want to spend my day and that's why i appreciate i appreciate all teachers and i always have it didn't take covid to do it for me and the national debt if you want to hear something that's scary not just covid the national debt in the u.s will eclipse the United States economy by next year. According to ABC News, they're saying that because of COVID and, you know, matched with the fact that we were already at that debt ceiling and we continue to grow it even before we got to COVID, we are going to see this be a big problem for future generations to have to pay down this debt. So what they will do about it, I don't know. But right now they're saying that by next year, the national debt will be around where it was in World War II. So I, I, I don't know if you're not listening. Listen, people, nothing in this world is free. Trust me, nothing in this world is free. It always comes back around. And... Two of my favorite people are beefing and I'm not happy about it. So Joe Budden and Charlemagne the God are beefing over how black people should get the bag. Now, I just like the fact that they want black people to get the bag, okay? But they're beefing over how one should get the bag. And they're also beefing over whether or not one or the other may or may not have done something inappropriate with a dog. I I don't know where we're going with this part, but we really need them to squash it. I think they should both sit down. I could see an interview with Charlemagne and Joe Budden. You don't even need interviewers because they're both interview 
interviewers and they could be the interviewee of the interviewer if that makes sense so i hope to see a reconciliation we'll just have to see but this has been your top 10 trending topics of the week and yes it's a fast one because i want you guys to get this interview okay i want you to get this interview that's why it's fast so let's get to this interview with mr matthew Knowles. Well, we have a very special guest today. I am excited to present, should I call you doctor? Because you, you have a PhD. A lot of people don't, yeah. I don't know if they know that. Yeah, I have a PhD, uh, MBA, uh, and I'm teaching uh, two universities and that's my passion. Uh, but it's up to you, Lise. You, you, you can either call me, I have many names. Okay. Mr. Knowles, Dr. Knowles, Matthew Knowles, Beyonce and Slime's daddy. So <laughs> I, I, I have all four of those titles. I don't get caught up in that. You know, in academia, I'm, do mm -hmm. I'm Dr. Knowles. But, you know, when it's not academia, um, you know, I'm open to Mr. Knowles, Matthew Knowles. I don't know if you're young, old enough to call me Matthew. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm in my 30s. I'm, I'm in my 30s. That's not old enough. Okay. <laughs> so I want to ask you, we know a lot about you being Beyonce and Solange dad, but we don't know a lot about you. So I want to ask you, how did you manage to go from a corporate executive, a music manager, an author, a professor, and now NPR so quickly and be able to adjust. Were you always in, even when you were in corporate America, were you always in like marketing, like a marketing setting? That's a great question because uh, this semester at, at Prairie View A&M University, which is HBCU, I teach sport events and entertainment marketing. Uh, and, and my thing is fundamental marketing works across all disciplines. Okay. And so I was fortunate uh, to have a great, great teacher, uh, Xerox Corporations in Corporation in the seventies, late seventies, and stayed at Xerox for ten years. And I credit Xerox with a lot of fundamental sales and marketing acumen that I learned over time. Uh, I had a degree in economics and one from uh, in business administration from Fisk University. Uh, so I've had the academia as well as the experience uh, 20 years in corporate America. So when I made the transition to the music industry, and you have to understand, there's been many transitions. My former wife and friend, Tina, we had a, a beauty and hair salon for 17 years that was mm -hmm. ranked number one in Houston. We actually was fortunate and grateful to make our first million dollars uh, around 1985. So for those of you that think Beyonce made us, no, she would have been four years old and her parents were millionaires. Figured, do the math. Okay. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't know anything about the clothing business. And we were fortunate. We started House of Darion that then became also Darion and the Miss Tina brand at Walmart. And we're fortunate to sell that for $75 million to Leon Fung. It's public information. Uh, and then we got, you know, I was moved into the music industry, sold Music World in 2002 for mm -hmm. $10 million. 
$10 million. And all this is public information, so anyone can Google it and find this out. No, in the beginning, if you guys were using other designers, because wasn't that true that you guys were like responsible for a lot of those iconic looks that we saw? I give all 100% of that credit to Tina, my okay. former wife. She was the creative force and imaging of what the girls' look was. And obviously they had feedback you know, because Kelly and Beyonce, we all live as a family and salons live together. But I have to credit where credit is due. Uh, Tina was that creative force of the design of the, the wardrobe. And that was a very important piece of Destiny's Child was the imaging. Yes. Yes, you guys single-handedly changed a lot of the way we viewed groups and the physicality of it and all of the imagery of it. And you did an amazing job with, with marketing them. And that's why I wanted to really reach out to you. I wanna ask you, because things are changing now. We're seeing a lot of people getting on the internet and with a lot of the things that are happening in the Black Lives Matter movement, we're seeing progression. As a PR, as a PR professional, I wanna get your expertise. What are your thoughts on it? We're seeing a lot of artists who are stepping out in front of the camera, which was unusual back in the 80s and 90s. Artists weren't doing that as much. In the 60s, yes, 60s, 70s, but in the 80s and 90s, not as much, where they're starting to really put out their opinions at the cost of losing certain opportunities. What do you, how do you feel about that? Do you think that this is something that we should see more of? Do you think that the way that some of the artists are doing this maybe should be handled a little differently? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm glad you said, because as you were, were talking, I was thinking at the cost of losing fans and opportunities. So you're, you're absolutely right. You know, a lot of uh, people don't realize when these artists, entertainers, uh, athletes step out, and speak up, uh, they do pay a financial price. And I hope we appreciate when they do that and thank them for it, which mm -hmm. often we don't. Um, you know, I grew up uh, in the fifties in Alabama and it, you know, this is a small amount of racism, which none of it is good, but compared to the fifties and sixties, mm -hmm. what racism looked like in America, was totally different. Um, I've been beaten, I've been electric prodded, I've been spit on. And, and you know, I, I never went to a black school until I went to Fisk uh, my junior year of college. So I really? desegregated in the, 50, in the 50s and 60s, junior high, high school, University of Tennessee uh, at Chattanooga. Uh, and so I have looked racism in the eye in a different light. I've seen older men and women beaten uh, unmercifully, begging. Um, and, and it's a different thing. And all of that was so that we could have the right to vote. And that's what I want to get to. Okay. Black Lives Matter to me is way more than going out to protest. Okay. Okay. And I first want to applaud our young people for doing that. Don't get me wrong. I have much appreciation and gratitude and respect for young people that did that. But if it's really going to be about Black Lives Matter, it has to be the totality of Blackness. First of all, Black Lives Matter should mean 
it matters to me that you're a black person mm -hmm. and I'm going to respect you and give honor to you because you're a black person. That's where it should start with black people with Black Lives Matter. Okay. Uh, you can go on any given day on social media and question, does black lives really matter to black people? A lot of people, I mean, that's a pushback in and of itself when people say that we should look at how we treat each other. Do you think that that should be a part of the movement? That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying this is, to me, it's four-pronged Black Lives Matter. Black okay. Lives Matter should mean economically Black Lives Matter to Black people. That okay. we spend our dollars in the Black community. That we build up our Black entrepreneurship and businesses. Black Lives Matter to me should mean uh, that we wear a mask. Okay. Because we understand that more black and brown people are dying and black lives matter. So I'm going to protest with a mask. I'm going to walk the streets with a mask when I'm outside my house. And finally, black lives matter. None of that. If you don't vote and you protest and you wear a mask, but don't vote, you are damn fool as far as I'm concerned. And okay. you absolutely don't understand Black Lives Matter. You absolutely have no historical perspective on how important it is that we win this election. That's what Black Lives for me means. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a lot of the things that you're seeing with the shirt, t-shirts and the protesting is okay. Like you don't mind that or like even from a PR perspective, there's nothing wrong with that. You just think that maybe when people are out there should they be pushing more of the policy as opposed to just put up a hashtag you know say their names but you got to do more than that am, am i'm I saying that the, the black lives matter should be what i call talk to do ratio okay we can't just talk black lives matter we need to do those four things in our economic power our entrepreneurship in our social responsibility of wearing a mask and our social responsibility of voting and also the protests. All of those go together, in my opinion, Black Lives Matter. Uh, that's no one thing that to me indicate Black Lives Matter. Right now, it's more of a protest kind of marketing. Mm -hmm. um, when we, we're, but we look, if we don't win this election, do you think Black Lives Matter? That is very true. That is very true. No, not in this country. And unfortunately, under the leadership that we have now, we're not seeing a lot of that. But he's also drumming up a lot of racism. Which but is even more so why we need to vote. I hear more Black Lives Matter, but I don't hear Black Lives Matter and we should vote. Okay. That is, well, there's some pushback to that. Like there's some Black people out there that believe. Some is not enough to win. That's true. Some people believe, you know, I don't believe this, but there are some people that believe that the vote doesn't matter. They're, they're saying that, look, look at all the things and people will say, well, you know, people were still getting killed by the police under Barack Obama, President Barack Obama and vice versa. So some people are a little skeptical about voting. I understand the importance of it, but there's a lot of young people that are out there like, I don't know if my vote really matters. No vote does matter because they haven't educated themselves. Uh, anybody says that has clearly no education about historical 
clearly no intellectual capability to understand the importance to know that 198 judges have been put into office in the last four years with our current president. And who makes the decisions in America? Really, the laws are made by judges. And, and those judges are going to be here for the next 40 years. To think voting doesn't matter, that having a black police chief and a black mayor means nothing. Uh, that That is someone that's, I, I'm not going to be sugarcoating. That is a fool. Okay. They're a fool. And there are some people, I'll use your word some. Okay. People that are foolish. Mm-hmm. They fall into that category. A no vote is a vote for Donald Trump. Mm. Now, I guess you would have to have some education to understand that math. But if you don't vote, you're voting for Donald Trump. And again, I'm here not to be rah-rah. I want people to be angry at me. I want to challenge you to think how foolish this all is of not voting. Yeah, more young people need to to come out to vote. And you hit on on racism. And I want to ask you, because you've been in the industry for a while. How do you feel about racism and colorism in music? We've seen it for many, many years. And Black Americans have shaped the way the music is here, overseas. Even now with the K-pop, you see a lot of the influences from here. How do you feel? think that peep other cultures as well as us view us when they see the music or entertainment not even just music the entertainment industry when it comes to things no. like racism and colorism no a great question I, I mean for anyone to think that racism uh is not across the board racism is everywhere so okay. you know to think that it wouldn't be in the music industry uh yes absolutely we need more black and brown and females in leadership positions in entertainment all areas of entertainment that's where it starts because those are where the decisions are made similar to voting that's where the decisions are made in the white house mm-hmm. we need you know that whole thing of colorism i and i talk about this in mm-hmm. my second book racism from the eyes of a child i talk in detail about racism and my journey through racism i'm not just talking about racism i've lived with racism growing up in gaston alabama uh, but you know colorism is a thing that happens across all of them it's two forms of colorism there's colorism where white folks feel somewhat more comfortable with talking to someone that looks more like them. Okay. That's one form of colorism. And then unfortunately there's a degree and it's got a lot better, a lot better, uh, that in the sixties and seventies and even the eighties that with black folks, there was colorism based on our shades of color Mm -hmm. and our shades of black. So if you look at pop America, pop music, uh, and you look at those artists that have been highly successful, women primarily, not so much as men, with men, but women primarily, you will see with black women, what do they have in common is their shade of their complexion. Mm-hmm. They have that in common. That's, that's not me talking. That's, those are facts. You can research this information and see the top black female t- 
pop artist and you will see this. And there's always an exception. There might be one or two, but when I look at it from an overall standpoint, that's a fact. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's not, you know, the question is, would you be able to be a pop star, maybe an R&B star, Right. But it would be difficult for you to be a pop star. Not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it would be difficult because the perception of a record label and the perception of people is different based on complexion. Now, Do you think the, that's racism in and of itself with pop and R&B? Like pop is what it's more of a white lane, whereas R&B, they will push you into an R&B lane based on your color, which I've noticed even with male artists. Well, I mean, that's up to the team that the artist has uh, to, to clearly define what their artists are. Uh, okay. You go into the music industry and you don't have a game plan and a strategy, uh, you'll get put anywhere. Uh, it's up to the artist and their team, mainly the manager, to come in with a strategy and, and fight for that artist on, on what that is. Uh, like I did with Destiny Shaw and Beyonce and, and Solange, uh, that I did not want them uh, to be pigeonholed into, oh, okay. into one genre of music. And I did it because of marketing. Mm -hmm. First day of class, this is my 14th year as a, a college professor. The first thing I asked the first day of class, because these are more, mainly marketing and entrepreneurship type courses, mm -hmm. the demographics of America, most people don't even know the demographics. How many white people are there in America? How many brown people in America? How many black people? How many Asian Americans? Most people, 95% or more, have no clue. Give numbers like a million, um, 600,000, uh, not knowing it's approximately 230 million white people, approximately 40 million black people, 55 million brown people, uh, 16 million Asians. So if I'm going to sell a product, why would I sell it to 40 million people when I can sell it to 350 million people? Okay. Why would you ever do that? And why would I sell it to 350 million people when I can sell it to 7.2 billion people if I approach it from a worldwide perspective? What is the biggest issue preventing more Black Americans from owning? their own businesses being in those seats. Why haven't we seen that? We, we're starting to see it more now, but we don't really see very many of us owning those record, those bigger, larger corporations and record labels. You're going back and, and solidifying my argument of the definition of my definition of Black Lives Matter. And I want to thank you for that. Uh, because now part of my definition of Black Lives Matter was the economics, the financial, the entrepreneurial. And, and that's what your question is. Uh, and, and that's because I access the capital. Okay. The ability of Black people to get money is way, way more difficult than the access for a white person to go get capital and go start a business or get along. Uh, the process for us is very strenuous. I mean, we got to jump over hoops, show our last eight years, show our parents social security and credit. You know, we got to go through those groups 
Oops, when uh, our counterparts can walk into a bank that they have a relationship with and their grandfather had a relationship and their great-grandfather had a relationship and they can put down a business plan and get $2 million or get an investor to invest in a business plan. We on the other side, we, we think about, oh, we got to go get a loan at the bank and, and run our credit. Well, people with money never do that. People with money, my credit, like people with money don't go about it that way. It's based okay. on a bu business plan. Okay. And you've been successful at this. You've been able to not even just in the music industry, but like you said before then, do you think, and this is just me putting this out there, that some of it, of course, systemic racism is what impacts a lot of Black Americans. We saw it in redlining with the equity in homes where we didn't create the amount of wealth over years. But is a lot of it also has to do with the lack of know-how. Like there's a, a big gap because we talk to different business owners on this platform all the time. And one of the things that comes up is a lack of knowledge. Like we just didn't yeah. get that information. Do you think that that's part of it? That's absolutely a big part of it. Knowledge is power, uh, which is why I love to to teach. I mean, when people talk to me for the first time, they media has painted this picture. And when people walk away, they always walk away. I had no idea this guy was so intellectual. Mm -hmm. you know, I had no idea. I mean, the Jedi mind trick of the media is to paint a certain picture, especially of black men. But knowledge is everything. Okay. The ability to have a perspective, the ability to have information is everything. And that's why reading is important. You know, we'd rather be on social media with gossip than read a book. Yeah, that's true. That's just a fact. We're yeah. way more be that, but you know, some of your counterparts aren't do doing that. Mm -hmm. They're actually gaining knowledge and they're building those relationships. I have had times where, and I always change this, but I ask my students, do you know the person sitting next to you? And these are at HBCUs, and they'll be like, "No, I, I, I see. I've seen her in a couple of classes. I've seen them in a couple of classes." See, that's not how the, our white counterparts—they build this relationship because one day mm -hmm. they might be in business, and one day they might call on that person for a loan, or call on that person for employment, or call on that person to become a partner. But we don't teach out because we're not an entrepreneurial people. We are spending people. We spend trillions of dollars mm -hmm. in a year. And it, we spend it in a matter of weeks. We've been conditioned to fail, to be average, to spend, to hate each other. We've been conditioned to do that. But we, we spend all of our time doing foolish stuff not things that are impactful. And I won't say all, we spend a lot of our time doing that. I'll agree with that. Um, with a lot of African-Americans, I think we want to look the part as, a, as opposed to actually being the part, knowing the part. Now, you've been in the industry for more than 25 years, but what's your biggest success and failures? 
as I know that's many years ago, but when you look back and you're like, man, if I knew what I knew today, I could have done X better. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to plug books here. I'm trying to give information. Okay. Uh, so in my first book, The DNA of Achievers, okay. 10 Traits of Highly Successful Professionals. One of those chapters is learning from failure and realizing that in our lives, if we're risk takers, if we're taking risks, that we're gonna make some mistakes, we're gonna fail, we're not gonna accomplish our goals the first time, but understanding that failure is an opportunity to grow, not a reason to quit. And that's real important that everyone listening now understands that if you're really doing something, you're going to make some mistakes. It's those that's not doing anything, playing it safe, that don't make mistakes. People that are in leadership roles and, and, and entrepreneurial roles and whatever type of role, you're going to make some mistakes because you're doing something. You do five things versus if you're doing 500, then a person doing 500 things has a greater uh, percentage of mistakes they're going to make because they're doing them. That's, That's true. Simple math. So for me, there's been a number of mistakes and, and failures that I've had. I've learned from them. And that's the key thing. I don't know if I can say one was bigger than the other uh, because in the failures and mistakes, it's about what did I learn? Uh, but I can give examples if that's what you like to hear. You know, I, example is I uh, was offered 1% of Beats, uh, the headphones okay. that I'm wearing. Oh, really? Okay. I have them uh, on right now. Awesome. And, and, and so do I. And, and I passed on it because I thought I should have gotten 5%. Well, the 1% would have been $30 million. Uh, you know, I made a mistake of putting um, a, 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 a group of boys, well, men, young men, uh, with some a group of young ladies on a tour bus uh, to save money for both of them. Mm -hmm. That was a mistake in looking back. Uh, okay. There's been many mistakes, professional and personal mistakes okay. that I've made in life. Okay. Anybody and that's doing something are going to make mistakes. It's the people, again, that's not doing anything and playing life safe. They don't make any mistakes. Yeah, because they can't really go anywhere. But speaking of, of mistakes and newcomers and things that people can learn from, if you're a creative, the industry is completely different now. It's you can make your own lane. You can get on YouTube. You can. It seems like you don't have to go to the music industry. It seems like the music industry is coming to you. What would you say to those creators who are trying to break out in the digital era? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a misnomer. Okay. Uh, it's a misnomer that there's certainly as the lanes have opened up where mm -hmm. you can, as a creator, the lanes have opened up that you can share content. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter if you don't know the knowledge or have the knowledge of how to market content. Okay. If you don't have the knowledge in the business knowledge on how to take that creative idea to dollars, 
Okay. Well, I can create all day long, but if I can't convert my creations to money, mm -hmm. and then okay, I got access to let you hear. Look, there was a time when if you took a photo, and let's you know, let's I'll use an example. That's maybe not a good example, but if you took an example of a building blowing up, okay, and you took that photo. There was a time that the media would pay a hundred thousand dollars for that photo. Mm -hmm. Then they convinced with social media for you to give your content away for free. So people giving away their content all day long for free. Just so for people the should protect their intellectual property. Well, most people listening don't know what even that means. Okay. Intellectual property. It goes back to knowledge. Okay. Okay. So as a the biggest thing that you could tell a digital someone coming up now is to get the knowledge. The content, great, but you also need to know how to be a business, a business person. Or at least business acumen. Well, I, I think we all would agree that if you can't monetize it, what's the point? Other than ego. Uh, and uh, often ego gets in our way. I want to give you a definition you've never heard of ego. Ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. Mm. Normally, I drop the mic on that. Okay. <laughs> ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. Because mm. that's basically you know, a lot of ego people that uh, do stuff. Just look at me and don't, and don't monetize a damn thing. Okay. <laughs> What's the point? Do you, you got, dislike it though? Do you dislike social media and kind of what it's become? And No, I use social so, social media effectively. I, okay. I get to message. It's a beautiful messaging tool. I message. I don't care about wanting to conversate with you. That's <laughs> not how I use social media. I use social media uh, to to as a marketing tool, it's an exceptional marketing tool. I'm not sure that when it comes to impacting how we think, it's used against us because I've sat in those rooms, okay, in the creation of social media, in the creation of how it be used to manipulate young minds, and if anybody's paid attention to our last election. Uh, the Russians were found that they manipulated through social media black people mm -hmm. targeted specifically black people corporations and products are always using social media to get you excited to cause a debate uh, I do it sometimes myself Okay. As a business tool. So I always say, just know it's the Jedi mind trick. Okay. Does it make, but as a artist, it's, isn't it easier for you to find artists now? Like, it, because the content is already there. Yeah. I would think that it makes it a lot easier as far as the entertainment industry for people who are looking for new artists to sign. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I have to apologize. I'm not speaking from just an entertainment perspective mm -hmm. uh, I'm just speaking in general 
Okay. Um, but but yes, uh, the A and R uh, artist repertoire that goes out and sign artists is a lot easier uh, to go online. Uh, but that's not a social media thing. That's digitalization. Okay. Just like it's easier for me to talk to you now and not have to get on an airplane and get all dressed up. That's we have to make sure we understand digitalization versus social media. So okay. digitalization has made it easier for us to find artists because we can go to YouTube and we can find artists and we can see what type of numbers they're generating. Uh, so I, I digitalization is what's going to mean after this coronavirus, a lot of people are going to be working from home. Digitalization is what has changed the restaurant and grocery store industry where you order online and you get mm -hmm. delivered. So I, I just want to make sure we under differentiate the two. Okay. Okay. I can understand that. You're talking to Dr. Knowles right now. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm in professor mode with you right now. Okay. <laughs> I can appreciate that. Dr. Knowles, I can appreciate that. <laughs> I don't, I want to, I want to talk to, to Mr. Knowles for a minute. So you're okay. also a survivor. Yeah. How has, you know, becoming a fighter changed you for the, for the better? Well, it makes you look at and, and, and just really look at what is important in our, in my life and our lives. I'm a cancer survivor. Let me just make that clear. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have the opportunity to save lives uh, and we've had that opportunity before in the music industry, especially with the song Survivor. But with cancer, uh, I get to tell my message, you know, and my story. Uh, I uh, wear white t-shirts and I notice it's a drop of blood for three consecutive days. I, I told my wife, I don't know what's going on. Did you get new t-shirts or what? Uh, she says, why? And I said, I keep seeing this drop of blood. She says, that's crazy because the last two nights I've seen two or three drops of blood when I clean the sheets on your side. Well, oh, wow. I did diagnostic imaging for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I sold mammography equipment, MRI, CT scanners, uh, a neurosurgical specialist. That's what my corporate life was like. Okay. You know, most people don't realize that. That's a very unique corporate life. Uh, and was and, and selling mammography equipment. I know a men can get breast cancer. That's a small percentage, and a lot of that is because most men are embarrassed to even say it. So I choose to change the wording uh, to male chest cancer because our chest area, men, we look at it differently than a woman, and out of respect to women, uh, mm -hmm. because. That's a psychological challenging thing for a woman. It's not as challenging for a man. We wear our shirts off. We, you know, you see us in movies, and so it's not the same. Uh, and, and I was diagnosed with male chest cancer, but, but I also, in this process, uh, and I'm fortunate. Early detection is the key to all of medicine. You find something out early, your outcome is better than if you found it out later. Mm -hmm. It's real simple. I keep life real simple. I don't get complicated. The earlier you find it, how you do early, you simply go to the doctor on routine basis. You get your exams on a routine basis. 
you understand also what I didn't know genetics and how important mm -hmm. genetics are and family history uh, and there's now it's no excuse because you can have shipped to your home uh, saliva sample shipped back and you can get a snapshot of cancer a snapshot of heart disease and what your susceptibility is that you might get cancer or heart disease. It's not saying you're gonna get it, it's just mm -hmm. saying genetically you have a greater chance. So, you know, you might wanna get more annual mammograms or you might wanna get a prostate exam uh, every six months. That's what it's telling you. I mean, there's a lot of companies that do that. I always like giving information and Vitae is the company that I use to, okay. to understand my, my genetics. I'm BRCA2 mutated. And what that means is I have a higher risk of male chest cancer, which I got, prostate okay. cancer, melanoma, and pancreatic cancer. So what oh, that wow. tells okay. me is I have to get annual exams for those four things. And mm -hmm. okay? if something happens, I caught it early. Yeah, and I'm I'm so happy that you're you're doing much better now. At least it, it appears that you're doing much better. Are you in full remission? I'm in full remission. It was stage one A. And I'm glad that you're feeling better. Thank you. N now, you're you're legendary in the music industry. You are a part of creating one of the most legendary groups of all times. What was that like looking back at it? Like that you accomplished something that has completely changed the stratosphere. Well, I'm, I'm very proud, uh, first of all, as a father, uh, because uh, Beyonce and Kelly and all the girls worked so hard for this. Um, this has always been Beyonce's dream uh, since she was a kid, Solange as well. Um, so first of all, foremost, happy for them. But I'm most proud that they're good people. And in this crazy world of entertainment, uh, you haven't heard any crazy stuff that Solange and Beyonce uh, always laugh other than the elevator. But <laughs> if, you, if you know Solange, you know that was just some sibling crazy that happens with kids. So I, I, don't, I didn't take that like the world. Uh, and and I'm I'm grateful that in my lifetimes I've been given lifetime I've been given several opportunities uh, to impact the world through my cancer, um, to impact the world, uh, being the number one sales rep in the medical division of Xerox in the world. Uh, that's a pretty heady accomplishment. Three years uh, being the best in the world, and. So when you see my kids being the best in the world, I hope it's because they also saw their father be the best in the world uh, and what was required to be the best in the world. And, and what's, what you do is keep out chatter and negativity. Okay. I can appreciate that. And I'm a huge fan of Destiny's Child. Listen to them since I was young. And of course, Beyonce and Salon. So you did an amazing job with raising your children of course i don't know them personally but from on the outside yeah well thank you and how they give back to their community but i do want to say one thing on that topic because i'm at a point in my life that's 
uh, where you leave your le legacy. And I just want it told accurately. Um, okay. Most of the information is his story. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather tell my story, which, which is accurate and truthful. His story or history would have you to believe I quit corporate America to work with Beyonce and her group, little girl group, Girls Time. My first artist was Lil O, a rapper. Okay. And you can verify this by going to YouTube. Lil O, Can't Stop is the single. And you see it features these little girls called Destiny. Okay. You see, Girls Time became the dolls, became something fresh, became cliche, became Destiny, became Destiny's child. This artist, Lil O, was on the number one urban record label in the world, MCA, with Puffy, with Mary J. Blige, way before I got Destiny's Child a deal. Okay. <laughs> History wouldn't want you to know that Earth, Wind and Fire last album, OJ's last album, Shaka Khan last album, Dion Ferris last album, De La Soul last album, Ray J last album, Shaka Khan and the London Symphony were all made on my record label. These are legendary people. See, history just want to talk about Beyonce and Destiny's Child. They don't want you to know a black man did that. See, his story never wants a black man to be credited for that type of impact. Well, you, you have a music legacy. You, you do. And I think a lot of people don't understand a, a lot of because I've learned a lot from you just from speaking with you with this the 45 minutes that we've been speaking so I'm glad that I've actually gotten a chance to speak with you and to talk to you can you tell us about music world and in music world entertainment the well yes we are we we you know that's where the artists were correct yeah we have a catalog label um we we have over 3,000 songs I realized I had a strategy years ago, the most profitable record label in the world is a record label called Legacy owned by Sony. And they're a catalog record label. And 18, normally around 18 months, an album becomes catalog. And you're no longer having the artist go out and try to promote that album. You kind of moved on to the next one. Catalog albums are the most profitable because you're not spending marketing dollars anymore. And so it becomes a high profitable. My strategy was to always have not artists, but catalog. Now I had to start with okay. artists to take it to catalog. Uh, most of my artists, we have built the number one gospel label uh, with a partnership uh, with Sunday Best from Leandra Johnson, who won a Grammy, was number one gospel female artist, Vanessa Bell Armstrong. Uh, I also am grateful and fortunate to own Compadre Records, which is a country label. Um, and this is all catalog. Catalog is, I do nothing, and I'm grateful and blessed that once a month I get a check. Mm -hmm. And that's really what you, where you want to be. You don't want to be chasing artists and managers and doing the marketing uh, because that's very costly. So if you make $10, you spend eight on marketing. 
Oh. Versus catalog, you can do nothing and make five. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, but I think that comes back to full circle of just the knowledge that you have, the education that you have, the patience that you have, the the intellect of figuring out how to work smarter and not necessarily harder, which comes with, of course, experience over time. Uh, but are there any new like labels or books? Because I know you've written the DNA of achievers, racism from the eyes of a child emancipation of slaves through music, media and the PR in a digital age, Destiny's Child, The Untold Story, and I'll be launching a revision with a hundred new pages of the DNA of Achievers. And you okay. can go to matthewknows.com and you can find out. I'm a public speaker, it'll list all the topics. And I'm a college professor at Prairie View A&M. Uh, it will soon be announced at the Art Institute, the eight campuses they have around America, and okay. it will soon be announced at uh, University of Houston. Uh, and these are courses that anyone can take. Uh, I'll be teaching the music business business uh, next semester uh, at University of Houston at the Art Institute around the country online. All of this uh, will be emancipation of slaves through music. And every other semester at Prairie View in the School of Business, I teach entrepreneurship or marketing. Okay. And you've also been at Harvard as well, right? You, you... I'm a student right now at Harvard. Literally okay. a student. Um, uh, ethical leadership is the course that I'm taking at Harvard uh, in their uh, professional development. But I lecture all over. I've lectured over 40 universities, Cornell, Harvard, Howard, Alabama, A and M. Uh, I can go on and on and on. Education is really—you uh, might see my body change in my, when when I talk about education, because knowledge, as we started out by saying, is power. Uh, you know, we emotionally, as people, we get extremely emotional about topics. We don't research facts. I'll okay. say that again. We get extremely emotional. We do not research facts. Okay. And smart people operate on factual data, not emotional, not if I like it or dislike it. I want to know the facts. Okay. That, yeah. I mean, I think if we, especially let's just take it back full circle with the time that we're in, I think that is the best piece of advice to give everyone make sure you have research make sure you research make sure you have the facts and make sure you, you not only have them but you understand them so that when you speak you can be knowledgeable about it whatever the case may be as far as your opinion well um, we'll be announcing my podcast on iHeartMedia soon called matthew knows impact uh, so that's my next meeting is with my team at iHeartMedia. Uh, we'll be launching in November uh, okay. to give me a platform that I can do what you do. Okay. Are you going to be on Charlemagne's new Black Effects podcast network? No. Okay. All right. So separate iHeart um, <laughs> music. Yeah. I'm, I'm at this point in my life. I, I'm a grown up. I do my own stuff. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
but I want to thank you for coming to Millennials Anonymous. I know that you have some another meeting, so I'm not going to hold you past the time. Well, you heard it here. He has a podcast. Make sure you go to iHeart Media when that drops in November so that you can get all of the information. Will it be a business platform? It's going to be, you know, again, Matthew Knowles Impact. I want to talk about race. I want to talk about health. I want to talk about entrepreneurship. Uh, you know, those are the main health. You know, those are the main topics in the music industry. But those are the four main topics uh, and what is current with those things. You know, racism is very dear uh, to me. And I, I want to talk about the structural race, racism, about education, about our police, about health and wellness, about housing. All of that is structural and has been planned out. Our prison reform and has systematically, but in a structure, starting with a structure, then it became a system uh, and explaining the differences. Okay. And I look forward because I want to encourage, you know, on my first show, I want the most radical, racist, white man to come and let me interview them that's what i love doing is making people uncomfortable because that's the only way we change we don't change by being comfortable that is very true that is very true so i will be listening for sure because i i want to hear that from your perspective from somebody who's faced racism and then here's somebody who is racist and how the two of you have that conversation. So I'm interested in that and make sure November, right around election, the election time. So there you go. We'll know if we'll have a new president. I like to leave is if we don't go out to vote like we did with Obama, we will have the same president. And it won't be for four years. His goal is very clear for 12 more years. Okay. So I, I don't know if people paying attention and listening, uh, but we're not talking four more years. This will be the most impactful decision of our lifetime. Okay, absolutely. And make sure you're registered to vote because National uh, Voters Registration Day is coming up. So make sure you are registered to vote and then make sure you actually go out and do it. So I want to thank you for coming to Millennials Anonymous. Make sure that you are followed on all social media platforms so you know when any books, any interviews, podcasts are coming out for Dr. Knowles. Thanks again for coming. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You as well. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to another episode of Millennials Anonymous Podcast. Thank you so very much for doing so. And I also want to thank Dr. or Mr. Matthew Knowles for coming through to the platform. You are welcome back anytime you would like. And we all will be tuned into your podcast. So make sure if you are listening to this, you download iHeartRadio if you not have not done so already. And you prepare for November because he's going to drop the knowledge. He's going to drop the knowledge for us. And if you missed it, okay, one of the most important things that you need to do this year is make sure you are registered to vote. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, okay? I'm not going to be one of those people to tell you who to vote for, but I am going to tell you to vote. 
you need to make sure that you are registered in your state. You need to make sure if you need a mail-in ballot, they send out information. Make sure you fill it out and you send it back to them. Make sure that you know where your polling place is so that you do not have any disruptions in trying to vote. And make sure that you are registered to vote, okay? Go and find out where you need to contact in your state or your county or your town so that you can find out exactly where and how you need to vote and if you want to register, how you go about registering to vote. It is very important that you exercise this right. And make sure you are liked and subscribed to Millennials Anonymous on all major platforms, social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all of those things so that you can find out when we have brand new guests because we are actually going to be talking to Mr. Richard Drozen, who is a career professional, career coach or career expert, I guess. Let's go with that. Career expert. He will be talking about how to get hired during COVID, which industries are booming, which industries are not. How do we need to prepare our resumes in order to get hired and what things we need to look out for. So make sure you stay tuned in for that. But after him, we got another guest. Okay, we have another guest and you're going to like it. They're on a really, really one of my favorite shows right now. I mean, it's off. It's on hiatus right now, but they're on one of my favorite shows right now. So I can't say who yet. Okay. I don't say anything until the paint dries, the ink dries. Cause so make sure. All right. Make sure you are understanding that you need to come back because you're going to like this guest. Trust me, you're going to like it. So thank you for coming to Millennials Anonymous or listening, however you are consuming this information. I'm not going to judge. No judge. No judge zone. Okay? So make sure you come back and you listen to a brand new episode of Millennials Anonymous podcast. Stay safe. Bye.